Hello, and welcome to the Divine Self Secret Garden Podcast. On today's episode, the wonderful Miss Jane Donovan, and I am your host, Megan Corcoran. My guest today is the wonderful Jane Donovan from Adelaide in South Australia. She is a relationship, love, life, and happiness extraordinaire. She is a radio host, presenter, author, columnist, and matchmaker. She is a coach and love guru. Well, that's what I call her. And she has written the books, Thoughts on Love, Life, and All That Jazz, and Tough Love, Getting the Date. You can find her on the podcast channels at Love Life. Welcome to the Divine Self's Secret Garden. Yay, it's episode one here for me, and I have the wonderful Jane Donovan. Welcome, Jane, to my podcast here in my secret garden. I feel so honored and flattered and humbled that you've asked me. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. You, to me, are like the ultimate person I would want to do a podcast with. And so for people that are listening, you kind of changed my life. And I actually wouldn't be, A, doing a podcast, but be sitting here at at this phase in my life and this journey that I've taken without you. You kind of were the catalyst for change in my life. And um, I found you by accident, actually. I was supposed to be downloading a podcast called Love Life by Matt Hussey, and I accidentally downloaded Jane and Rebecca's podcast, Love Life, and I, I played an episode, and I was like, oh, what's this? And then you're talking about being an empath, and I literally pulled my car over to the side of the road, and my whole life just clicked into place in one second. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm an empath that's what's going on in my life. I'm sensitive. I'm sensitive to energy. I take everybody's energy on around me. And then, um, and then I did a coaching with you and you opened me up to a new way of, of thinking about things and looking at life versus traditional therapy. Oh, wow. <laughs> I Goodness me. Thank you so much. However, a couple of things I just want to first off say, you would be exactly where you are now if you hadn't met me because there are no mistakes in life. And, yes, the teacher appears for all of us when we're ready for whatever advice, guidance, lessons. But really all I did was remind you of what you'd forgotten in life. I love that. And which is kind of the reason why I brought you onto this show here today. And um, I really want to kind of go into that as I was, you know, mentioning to you and everybody listening that I do, you know, a YouTube channel and I I focus so specifically on narcissism and what it is. Um, And I was originally going to do a podcast about narcissism and I thought, no, people can watch my YouTube channel. I really want to go into why we're attracted to not even just toxic relationship narcissists, but why even trauma happens in our lives and why we attract that into our lives and how it's really the catalyst for, for change and really our, our, our deep secrets and, and shadow side within us. 
Great, huge topic, so much to say on it. But I think the first thing that is probably really important for your listeners to perhaps consider and ponder is that why is it that a certain type of person attracts the narcissist into their lives? And it is always because that person's self-worth is a match for the narcissist. So in the universe, there is the law of attraction. It is happening regardless of whether you believe it or not. And that is that like attracts like. Now, what you attract is dictated by your vibration, what you are physically vibrating at. And we are all energy. That is everything that is in the universe. You know, it cannot be created nor destroyed, but it can be changed. So the the rate that we are physically vibrating at dictates our point of attraction. So if we have low self-worth, and let's face it, that's 99.9999% of the planet, and we have varying degrees, um, but as we work on our self-worth, and what is self-worth? Self-acceptance, self-love, self-respect, you know, all of those beautiful self-words leads us towards feeling more self-empowered. So when we have low self-worth, we are going to attract other people who have low self-worth to us. And this isn't just in love. It will be in every single area of your life, in your career, your workplace, with your friendship groups, with your family, with strangers that you meet, with situations that just happen in everyday life. You will be a match for everything. So low self-worth in the narcissist, of course, is the inner child that is completely, uh, deeply wounded and protecting and has moved into full-blown assault and attack on others to make him or herself feel better. But it still comes down to low self-worth in the narcissist. The reason the narcissist loves the person that has low self-worth but isn't uh, exhibiting narcissistic traits is because we can so easily be read like a book and we can be played. We are so needy. And when I say we, I've been that girl. I totally get it. Me I'm too. no longer. <laughs> yes. Very needy. Yes. I'm no longer that girl. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, decades, decades of, of all sorts of different learnings and experiences. Um, and so we can be played because we come from a place of needing external validation. And the narcissist comes from a place of needing external validation. That makes sense? That makes sense. That actually makes a lot of sense. I've, I've tried to explain this to many people and that we both have, both of our little children are, are attracted to each other. And mine wants to be the mother and to give and to always think that I can change it and make it better. And his throws the temper tantrum and gets what he wants by doing it. And it's, it's a very... Well, he kisses, please notice me or, or hers. You know, there's just as female narcissist as males. Um, he, the, the narcissist is, please notice me. And the people pleaser is, please notice me. Yes, yes. It's like... The difference is that one comes from a softer energy and one comes from a harsher energy in the perceived operating personality. But the, the desired outcome is actually exactly the same. Yes. So the narcissist is a perfect match for the people pleaser because that person is going to teach you about you and how to gain authentic strength. 
I totally agree with you. And it's, it's a vicious cycle until someone decides to pull the plug. And I'll tell you this, the narcissist does not pull that plug. <laughs> no, that's right. They never will until I'm no longer a vibrational match for them. Yes. So what looks like is that you start as the people pleaser to the narcissist and all the cat and mouse games are going on and it's toxic and vile, incredibly damaging and uh, to both. Um, well, more to one than the other. Um, until the decision is made to no longer allow another, whether it is in a relationship or the person that treats you badly that you buy your coffee from every morning, until you decide that you are worthy of something more, the game will continue. So if you choose at any given moment to do the self-work, to do all, all the all the work on the inner game so that you are genuinely from a deep place of love of self presenting in life, then the game continues. But as you do that, the narcissist will leave you because they will get bored. And it's exactly the same. A simile to that is online bullying. You know, I've had some really bad trolls over the years because, you know, if you stand up for something, if you speak out about something and you get people that enjoy and appreciate what you're doing, then you're going to get the opposite. This is how the universe works. It's all balanced, yin, yang, light, dark. So as the narcissist no longer gets any playtime with you, they will get bored and move on. So they can leave you. However, it's going to take a long time and typically when people have been in an abusive, toxic situation as as the people pleaser, they have nowhere near the strength of conviction that they need to hold their vibration higher for the narcissist to exit. So they actually have to be the one to exit. Yes, that's hands down all of the coachings that I do or people that email me or comment on any of my my videos. I was actually just replying to a comment just now and she's like, is he a narcissist? Is he not? Is he an alcoholic? And they go, they start spinning and, and how can they, they want to fix the narcissist and um, not, not look at themselves and say, Hey, listen, like the only thing you have control over is, is you and doing the work that you need to do to raise your vibration. So you no longer have the urge to continue this crazy cycle of cat and mouse abuse. And, and you said, oh, sorry, please. Um, no, I'm just, it, it's, it's, it's really you. You can't, you can't change them. They're not going to change and they're unwilling to change or unwilling to see that there's even a problem with them or, or, you know, or that their little child is driving, driving their, their ship, you know, through life. Sadly, one of the, the patterns, a, a common pattern of behavior that I see in people that are, are people pleasers is that they have a desire to fix everyone else. And that in itself is a problem. Yes. I would, I put everybody else before myself, not anymore, but it's still a challenge. I have to consciously every day be like, does this serve me? Does this work for me? And a lot of people like myself think that it's selfish. And I've had to really learn the definition between self-worth and selfish. 
and, you know, and self-love and self-care versus selfish, you know, and selfish comes from a greedy fear-based place where, you know, self-love comes from a healthy, a healthy place within you and that you're putting healthy boundaries up, even if other people don't necessarily like it. We have to remember that we have our own path to, to flow with, as does everybody else. And when we are very needy, and by needy, it looks like, let me do that. I can do this. It's over the top. It actually enables the counterbalance behavior to that in another. So we actually bring out narcissistic traits in other people by doing that very behavior. Yes. And I even think narcissistic traits within ourselves, which is another topic I get a lot of people like, am I the narcissist? Because the narcissist will, their best, you know, weapon is projection and um, they love to project onto you. And so they'll call you a narcissist or, and I think we all have narcissistic traits. It's just, you know, are these traits the more dominant traits within you? And and no, you know, they're not, but they come out. I, I definitely had my moments in, in, in my life, not just in my, my relationship, but in the family dynamic that I grew up in and in and, and working, you know, my work dynamic is very narcissistic even still. And, um, and you have to really, really look at that and be like, okay, you know, I think the difference is I'm willing to, I'm willing to see that within myself and try to do something to change it, you know. And Beautiful. It the important thing to really get deep on all of this is about shadow work. So when we say the word narcissistic, it's automatically got a negative connotation. I'm going to give a flip side example because every single label we have to emotion or behavior has a positive and a negative. So I have narcissistic ability at any point. I can pull on that and be a narcissist in any given moment. Now, I'm actually at the moment spending quite a bit of time in full-blown narcissism because I'm working on a project that is so big that there's not a person in my existing circle that would think I was actually on this planet and thinking that I could actually pull this off. And I know I'm going to pull this off. I have no doubts at all. It is the most beautiful project, so heart-based, and will benefit thousands and thousands of people, and I'm incredibly excited by it. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> how, do I pull, how do I pull this off? I pull upon my narcissistic trait that says I am blocking out anybody else's opinions. I am not interested. I am magnificent. I am dynamic. I am completely capable of doing this. So there is an example of narcissism being used in the positive. I actually can't believe I've done that because now my inner child's gone, well, that sounded a bit arrogant, didn't it? <laughs> I, let's go right. We've just gone arrogance. That's such a bad thing. But let's look at arrogance in the popular um, or in, in the positive, not popular, in the positive. Arrogant has its place. Sometimes we need leaders that are a bit arrogant. We need we need arrogance sometimes to help push through a change that is necessary. So every quality that we deem as negative, we need to own that we have been 
can be and will be that at some point. Now, the difference between pulling on a narcissistic ability versus being a a clinical narcissist is that, first off, I'm pulling on a quality that I think is going to be of service to me, number one. Well, actually, no, number two. Number one, my number one rule that I try my best to do, and, of course, I never succeed all the time, but my intention is harm none. Yes. Now, versus the clinical narcissist, which is couldn't care less, harm as many as you can because their food for their soul is to see others being played in distress, in confusion, to be inferior to the superior um, shadow side narcissist. So whenever you've got a quality that you're pointing a finger at, is that person an alcoholic or is that person a, a, a whatever, there are times that that drinking alcohol is a good thing. And I believe that the, the whole, you know, crushing of the grapes was a, 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 a spiritual invention for people to be able to move to a heightened, heightened, altered state of awareness to be able to tap into a part of whether it's their subconscious or their higher self. So everything has a positive and a negative. When you identify the negative, write it on the piece of paper and write out everything that you don't like about that quality, then on the other side of the page, work really hard to find the positives about being that quality. And then as we do this, we start to identify and own that this is within me too. So a simple thing would be, you know, people pleasing. I hate being a people pleaser. I never have my own time. I can't say no. I've got no boundaries. Everybody takes advantage of me. You know, that's all the negative of people pleasing. But we move to a positive of people pleasing and we go, I love that I care for people. I love that I'm connected. I love that I'm so compassionate that I can put myself in their shoes and be of service. I love that I am harming numb and none. I love I am coming from a place of giving. I love that my soul sets me on fire when I can be of service to another. So we've balanced it. Mm -hmm. So anything is neither good nor bad. It just is what it is. So the more whole that we become is because we are owning all these fragments of ourselves. And this is the basement of the shadow side. It's all the qualities of the individual person, the things we don't like about ourselves that we suppress and put into the basement. And we don't want anyone looking at it. No one's going to see that in ourselves. And guess what? We're not going to look at it ourselves either. We deny. We deny that part of ourselves. And that is the unloved part of you, which is the part that every time you go into fear around anything in life, it is the unloved part of you coming out to play so that you can own that and learn to love that part of yourself. And you know you've done all of the work needed in this arena when you can write a list of 500 different personality, behavioural qualities, traits, whatever, and you can own that you can be the whole long list in the positive and the whole long list in the negative. I like that. I think that's a great explanation of the shadow side. And as you were saying that, I thought of something and I I wanted to tell you this because I met, like met, actually met my shadow side and I haven't actually talked to you one-on-one in quite some time and told you anything of my story, but I want your opinion on this. So 
I had a near I had a near death experience in my relationship, which I'm very spoken about. Um, but I haven't gone into detail like this. But I was strangled and then suffocated to the point I lost consciousness. And everyone talks about you know your near death experience and you see white lights and all this stuff. Not me. Mine was dark. It was. I went, I felt it. Like I actually saw my, like myself go inside of myself into like my soul. And it was really dark and quiet. And it was so, so, so sad. And it scared me. And when I came, this is like the driving force. I I can still feel it now. I know it's in there. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I met like my true like self. And it wasn't a happy place. And I was like, wow. And, And I remember thinking as I was going down into that place, like, I should have left. I knew it. And this is it. This is the moment that that I knew was going to happen if I didn't leave and I didn't save myself. Wow. What an experience. And to gain that incredible clarity. Yeah. And I just, I believe that I like met, met my shadow side. I was like, wow, I know what that is. <laughs> I saw it. Like That's you know. amazing. That's fantastic. And so often our shadow side, if we look at it in the collective whole, is so dark and so deeply sad, um, but it can also be deeply angry, furious or destructive or you know it it can be really all-consuming which is why we just go one little bit at a time and learn to love and chip away and shine that little diamond up one little facet at a time but what a gift your ex-partner gave you and that love and gratitude because you know on a soul level if we want to go down the spiritual path let's say on a soul level every person that is is disgusting uh revolting horrendously disliked infinite love and gratitude to them for putting their hand up in this incarnation in life and playing that role. Because if those people don't play those roles, we have no soul growth. Agreed. I agreed. I mean, it, there's no, for me, my life will never be the same after feeling but, that but feeling. Where you're at, do you feel that your life will never be the same in a beautiful way or in a beautiful way? And you know, in a, in a, not in a fearful way. I'm not a, and like, you know, someone asked me, well, are you afraid of dying? I'm like, no, not at all. It wasn't a scary thing. It was just sad. And it was me. Um, but it, it, it enlightened me to a new way of thinking. And also every decision I make, I feel that feeling. I'm like, does this, does this feed that sadness or does it fill it with joy? And it's, I think now my whole goal in life is to work on that sadness. So it's not so sad down there. And, and after I left, I'll tell you, like, you're right. The anger came for about a year. I was angry, just angry, angry and lashing out at everybody. And, you know, I kind of unleashed, unleashed the beast, but now, now I I have it a little more under control, but, um, it was, do you love it though? Do you love it? I do love it. I do love it. It's hard. it's, It's hard at times because I still feel it and I can, I can feel it. And so I have to deal with it. It's kind of just there. I have to deal with it all the time and but so, it's also you know again anger is a, a really valuable um part of ourselves there are times that we need to get angry yeah you know there are times that we we have to stand up for what we believe in whether it's that you know the ferocious lashing out of a, a mother lioness you know that her children or child is is in some way threatened or whether it's on a global stage it doesn't matter that the, the Ability to demonstrate anger 
to show your passion and to allow that welling up of creativity to something that is so important to you. Yes. Is a gift. Yes. Anger that comes from being triggered is very different. Mm-hmm. So when you're triggered, you're in fear. When you have witnessed, 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 and you've got a melting pot of decision that this is against everything that I believe in and that comes out in anger, um, there's nothing wrong with that as long as you don't lose the ability in that anger to remain in focus of who you are and be able to articulate articulate yourself, doing your best to harm none while expressing in a very dynamic and powerful way that which is for you. Well, that's a work in progress. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to wish everyone to go out there and be anger narcissists. <laughs> I also think that the anger was part of self-preservation in that moment. Um, you have yes, to, absolutely, you know, and then I realized that I don't have to live in that fear-based place anymore now that I'm actually physically safe and, and uh, you know, it, and now I'm like, okay, I don't have to be on that much guard and I can let my guard down and actually process everything and, and feel that, that sad place. But, uh, but yeah, you know, it's a, it's a work in progress. That's perfect. <laughs> that is perfect though, because that is dark place that you went to in that near death experience. You're now allowing to be coming out and, and honored. Yes. And so therefore you are becoming whole, whole, well, we're whole already, but you're adding layers to your, soul experience in your incarnation yeah I agree (laughs) I know and I I I think too like I realize that if I don't do this do the work and and deal with the shadow side and deal with that sadness I'm going to end up right in another narcissistic abusive relationship and it's it's a pattern and it's a dynamic and you're right it's law of attraction and so until you until you learn how to have self-love and self-care, I believe this will just continue. And it gets it gets more intense every time around. That's right, exactly. So there's no point if you're not getting the lessons from whoever is in your life, whether it's a partner or a friendship or a boss at work, it doesn't matter, a family member. If you're not getting the wisdom and the lessons, it's just going to keep repeating and it will just come at you more and more and more. So you'll have it happen more and more in other people in your life. So it's really important to start to own the shadow side. And I think one of the easiest tools to do that is to look at the mirror. The mirror effect is such a fabulous little, very simple tool. So whatever you see in another is a part of is a part of you. Sorry, let me say that again. Apologies. Whatever you see in another is within you. It's that simple. So if you see somebody and go, oh, my God, you're so beautiful and fun and outgoing, that's because you are beautiful and fun and outgoing. However, if you are admiring that in another person, it's because you're wanting more of that in your life. Mm -hmm. Okay, So that's how we do it in the positive to strive for happiness because when we do shadow work, we want to also do some positive work so that we're staying high functioning um, and balanced and, and, you know, we can have the, the deep stuff, but then we've got to have the playful fun stuff. Now, when we have look at another and we judge them and say you're arrogant, opinionated and judgmental, 
That's because within us is arrogance, opinionation and judgmental behaviour. So that is how we start to get the signs of what we need to work on. And it's such a simple tool and so easy to do. Um, And so every time, you know, like it's quite a controversial time on planet Earth at the moment, so scrolling through social media is fascinating. And I'll scroll through and if I get triggered by something, if I find myself making a judgment about somebody and I name what I'm feeling and then I know that is within me, that that's a part of me I've got to work on loving and accepting. And so I then will um, go down the shadow side of doing the two columns, of writing the positives about that, writing the negatives, seeing how I've played in that arena before, owning it. And I'll come back to opinionated, arrogant and judgmental as an example, which is, bless him, my beautiful dad has absolutely spent quite a bit of time in his life being in those three qualities And I swore black and blue, I'm never going to be like that. Well, what a shock it was when I realized I was totally that. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I had the same thing. My dad and I were, uh, I have the same feeling about my dad. And then I had to, A, look at the fact that I married my dad 2.0. And then second, that I I am my dad. And I'm actually the more reasonable one in the relationship that is reasonable like my dad. So I was like, wow, this is... uh, this is just escalated to the next level. But I remember the first time I ever did a coaching with you, you said that you're like, you know, I think you told me to think of a celebrity that kind of irritates me and pick three qualities. And then you're like, well, those are the three qualities in you. And I was like, ah, you know, and I remember walking around for weeks afterwards. I'm like, she's right. She's right. This is totally, you know, it wouldn't bother me if it wasn't something that was resonating in my energy. Um, and, and that's why I think in these relationships, it's such a perfect dance because you guys, you know, I feel that you have the, you're right, the same insecurities and the same, you know, arrogance and you're just a mirror and it just goes on and on and on and on and on. And it'll go on forever if you let it. That's right. Absolutely. Until you own those parts and then the mirror is no longer there. So once I owned that and I saw my way of being also um, opinionated and judgmental and arrogant, I stopped seeing it in my dad. Or if I saw it, I saw it for what it was. I saw it for the inner child that was needing acknowledgement, love and validation. And so I gave him acknowledgement, love and validation. And guess what? There's no longer the need to be apparent, uh, arrogant, opinionated and judgmental. So this is pure energetic magic that every single person on this planet holds within them to do these simple exercises to ultimately get to a place of love where we actually love every person that we come into contact with because we are therefore a connective vibrational match for everything that is beautiful and everything that isn't and it's all okay you know and if we excuse me too much talking. Um, if we want to give a really controversial example at the moment of what's going on on the world stage, there's a player on the world stage at the moment that without a shadow of the doubt is the biggest light worker I've seen step up in this role in my entire 57 years of living because he holds the shadow side mirror up to every single person on the planet, bar none, and it's Donald Trump. Oh. 
Yes, I've had the pleasure of meeting Donald Trump. I'm probably going to, they're going to shut my podcast down now. We should just end it there. And I'm just kidding. Um, but I met him in New York years ago before he was president. And, um, you know, I had the pleasure of hearing his conversation. He was sitting behind me at the opera and, um, you know, not very, <laughs> didn't say lovely things about women or was talking something. And I just, I thought we're at the opera, we're at the Metropolitan Opera at opening night of La Triviata, you know, and here's Donald Trump talking to his buddies. So yes, but I, but also, yeah, just hit a nerve within me then and now yeah. hits a nerve within and a lot does. of people. And still does oh, yeah. though. It still oh, yeah. does hit a nerve. And this is where I say he's a light worker because he is such a uh, bold, big character that every person on the planet has an opinion about him. So some will say he's the most dynamic, boldest, bravest man ever in existence. And that is because the people that are witnessing that are wanting to be that themselves and they haven't allowed it or they have to find more ways, more creative ways to be, I can't remember what words I said, bold, brave, whatever. Yeah, bold and, and brave and loud. Right. And then there will be others that will say things like, um, did you just say that he was sexist? Mm -hmm. And they'll say he's sexist. And so that's for a window to be held up for where you're sexist. That's yeah. true. It yeah. is how it works. And so he is a, he is without a doubt showing the shadow side of every person. I find it fascinating watching all the comments on social media of people that I know, the way they speak, whether it's positive or negative, is like they've never spoken before about anybody. It's bringing out each individual person's shadow side dynamically yeah and, and, it's, and regardless of which side you're on everybody has yeah, it doesn't matter yep yeah it's it is fascinating I think about that too and I look at comments and stuff and and now I just kind of laugh because I see it for what it is and I'm like wow everybody's uh everybody's everybody's waking up though too he's rattled just that that darkness he whatever is waking everybody up absolutely yep. and we need it so that I find fascinating. Um, but, you know, I remember doing this exercise on a radio show years ago and we had a whole group of, uh, of people ask, answer the question. And I said, name, we, we used Oprah as an example. And I said, name three qualities that you see in Oprah. Didn't say whether though you loved them or hated them, just name three things that you see. And I remember when I was first talking about this to the radio producer, I wanted to do this exercise, and they said, everyone's going to say the same thing, Jane. It won't work. And I said, it will work. They're all going to say the same three things. Nope. Every single person had a different three things about her. Again, we're talking about on the world stage, a very big presence uh, that people have a lot of opinions about. And so while the majority of people that we asked really admired her, they gave all completely different answers. So there were some that said, I see her as kind and giving and generous. And there were others that said, I see her as bold and strong and courageous. You know, that there were just so many different examples. So that was one where, you know, people were, uh, but there were people that said she's judgmental and arrogant. Yeah. You know, and so yeah. it's such as, I know I'm going on about this, because it sounds so simple, but this is honestly a dynamic, very easy exercise to look at yourself about what you're lacking in life 
and looking at yourself about what you're hiding in life. Yes. You're hiding it. Yeah, it's and it's. it's I'm going to come back to you if I may, if I may, gorgeous. Of course, I'm going to come and I'm going to say so. Donald Trump talking sexist remarks. You, as the gorgeous light worker you are, absolutely would never be sexist. I know that 100%. You would consciously never be sexist. However, your shadow side has been abused by men. Of course, yeah, that's uh, my whole life. So, therefore, the temptation to go all men are and behave exactly the same way as you witnessed his conversation is your shadow side. You've not allowed yourself to do that because your heart and your thinking self would never allow that because you don't believe that's the correct way to feel and engage in life. But your shadow side, which remember we are all things, is actually ready to drop a whole heap of judgmental, sexist stuff on men. And maybe it would be good for you to do that in private. You know, that's where we get it out. Does that make sense? It does. You know, I have to say something that's really fascinating. As I've taken this journey doing this YouTube channel and coaching people, I would say 75% of the people that have reached out to me are men and they're being abused by women. Uh... And it's the only place that they feel comfortable enough because it's private and they can come to me and tell me and they're completely devastated, but they don't feel that they can talk to their guy friends or don't feel they can talk to anybody. And it's quite... I mean, around the world, I get more men than than anything. And, and it's heartwarming to see that they're willing to reach out to me, A, and B, just um, the stories that I hear. And it's a different dynamic when it's a woman abusing a man than a man abusing a woman. And it, I think I think it might be more confusing. They're, they're confused and not sure because they're told to be the man and be the, the you know dominant one. Um, but when they realize that that's not the case, you know, and it's not even about physical, it's it's the mental and emotional and that they've been mentally and emotionally just kind of beaten down and devastated. Um, and it's just been, it's been heartwarming. I love that you have shared this because again, the universe will always send us what is best for us to heal and grow. So you're now seeing the beautiful side of, of men. You're seeing their vulnerability. You're learning more about the, the breadth and depth of, of, of the masculine energy. We're moving into a really beautiful time in in history, one that hasn't been around for 2,000 years, and it's the rise of the divine feminine. And for each of your beautiful clients, all your listeners that have gone through toxic, abusive relationships, your time is coming and it's coming very quickly. I cannot urge you to do the work enough and do it fast I mean, don't do it fast as in tick through it without doing it deeply, but make a commitment to do the work now because this planet is never before needing the divine feminine. And those who have been in the darkness of their soul are the ones that can help others to connect to their heart and to rise and be the best versions of themselves. This planet needs deep, deep healing and it's going to get worse in the coming years. Well, no, that sounds a bit melodramatic. Let me cut that. It's not going to get worse. It's going to be more heightened in the sense people's sensitivities are growing and we need this as an evolution of the species. In fact, on one of my podcasts I actually did about, I think it was probably about four or five years ago, I did a 
James theory. I always come up with these theories. I, know. I love people... your theories. They're a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, you may remember this one. I did a theory that the the next awakening will be about the rise of sensitivity. And that while we know that, you know, 17 to 20% of people are born highly sensitive, I saw that the next ev- part of evolution in the human species was for people to connect to their sensitivity and to really move into their heart space uh, creation and being. And here we are four or five years later and it's exactly what's happening now. So what does that mean to all your beautiful listeners? It means they've got a big job ahead if this resonates with them. And I think a lot of them will because most of us who have typically had some sort of trauma in our life will want to be of service. It's a natural given. We've got beautiful, gentle souls. We've got deep, rich compassion. We're empathetic. Um, we've, we want to, therefore, use our wisdom, our hard-earned wisdom to share and help others to have an easier path or to share and help others to rise and be the best versions of themselves. It's a natural given. So we are going to move very quickly into a place, and I'm talking this is like months. Yes. If, you know, maybe a year, but I'm thinking we're talking now, right now. We're in it right now. The Great Awakening is absolutely happening right now. And every single person that has gone through the journey, it's time, it's actually almost, it's almost a calling to stand up, feel bold in yourself. Yes, you'll feel nervous. Don't question the I'm not good enough. I haven't got anything to say that people would want to know about. Yes, you have. Each one of you has got so much hard-earned wisdom from your journey that it is now time for you to step up and share your stories, share your wisdom, reach out, hold the hand of fellow man and lift them up. It is our absolute God-given right right now and duty to rise, help everybody to rise up above the heaviness of the fear and the suppression that we have all had as an entire global planet. I think that's why I chose to to not do the podcast just about narcissism and about survive it's going to be survival stories it's going to be success stories it's going to be lifting people up but as well as lifting you know my guests on the podcast up um, and that we're all in it together and that you know it's really about connection and I feel that a lot of us have just lost connection with each other lost connection with human not just because of you know COVID, you know, and coronavirus, but, um, but, you know, and just, and lost connection with ourselves, And so, you know, but when you hear other stories and you can relate, um, it's life-changing. And I, I realized that I wanted to do a podcast that, that, you know, can give people that and, and lift people up and give them hope and courage and hear other people's stories and that you can do it. And you're not alone. We all, you know, we all go through something. Absolutely. And, you know, this comes back to the balancing thing that, you know, why would you go through such a horrible dark experience if it was not to have a beautiful silver lining to it? You know, there is always the gifts that come out of it. And to come out of it as somebody that can reach out, whether it's a gentle hand of just a very gentle, are you okay? Is there anything I can do to help to the mum when you're picking up children from school? Or whether it's in the corporate boardroom where you become more sensitive and wise and you start to drop into the heart and connect more to 
what is really going on here emotionally for people. You know, we're seeing all around the world that, that with COVID is that everybody's having a reaction to it. Yeah. Regardless, everybody's on a different page, but everybody is having a reaction to it. Nobody is getting out of this story without change. And so many are going to come out of this confused but questioning. They're going to be looking for those beautiful souls that are ready to be of service with kindness, with love, with no judgment. It doesn't matter. I mean, you know, you see political warfares in your country at the moment. It's going on like crazy. <laughs> it doesn't matter what side of the fence you're on. Let's just love and and assist each person and see the trauma they're in and help them because you guys have gone through this. You know how to get through it. And so now use that and it's going to make you feel amazing. You are going to feel so good about yourself. You're going to be able to join all the dots of your life right up to this moment and go, wow, everything that ever happened to me has led me to this exact moment where I now get it and I can be kind and compassionate, supportive, loving and healing to others. And I think there's nothing better that any person on this planet can do for another than to be of assistance that way. I agree. And I think one of the biggest things of healing is helping others. And and I, you know, I volunteered in New York City for 10 years as a, as a volunteer first responder for domestic and sexual violence victims and did trauma intervention in the ER. And I've seen so many people that, that have, you know, just endured so much in their life. And I used to walk out of there and think, gosh, A, I was grateful for the life that I had and just B, I was so inspired by these people. And I have so much of them in me now. And it gave me so much. I got just as much out of it uh, volunteering as they did. And so I try to tell people, you know, take yourself outside and go volunteer or, you know, do what you can to help others because it will make you feel whole, which is why I started the YouTube channel. I thought, you know, I'm just going to put my story out there and, and talk about this. And it just kind of blew up and I don't even really advertise it. It's just kind of you do it. I do it in my, in my pajamas, you know, in the morning with my coffee, which, which is probably why a lot of guys uh, message me and, and want to coach with me, but no. <laughs> you know what? Everything is multi-layered. It's, it's never ever one meaning. It's always multi-layered and it's fascinating, but you know, kudos to you because your story is, is such a beautiful one. And the, the gift of giving, it's just so true. It's crazy how you do something for someone else, but how you end up feeling better than I'm sure they did. Absolutely. It's, but I love it. And it can become very addictive. And I think that's one of the, you know, the best things to be addicted to. Absolutely. Well, Jane, that wraps us up for today. Anything else you want to add before we finish this wonderful episode? Yes, I'd love to. Thank you. I really want to remind people that there's nobody walking this planet that isn't deeply, deeply worthy. Know that within yourself, whatever you dream, dream bigger, be bold and go for it because this is a gift that we've been given. This particular time in history will be actually written about forever and you're here alive in it and we get to be so connected together 
trust that you've got everything within you and that you are deeply worthy and step out and be of service. And I think that's amazing. And um, your Love Life uh, podcast is still up. I've been listening to some of your episodes again. So I'll make sure to um, put that in, you know, below in the comments. So if anybody wants to listen to the wonderful Jane Donovan and Rebecca Detman, it's it's life changing. Oh, that's so lovely. Thank you so much. And look, honestly, blessings and gratitude to you. What you're doing is so incredibly important. And uh, and thank you. I feel very humbled and honored to be here today. You're so welcome. And I'm so excited to um, my next guest on next week's episode. It, talk about Survivor is going to be um, Anne Marie Holcotter from she was uh, shot and paralyzed in the Columbine High School shootings in 1999. And her story is incredible. And she had such trauma and then endured kind of a life life of trauma for, for many years after that. And so I'm excited to have her on and let her talk about survival, like talk about the ultimate survival. Mm. So excited, but I'm so excited to take this journey and I hope you'll come visit us soon again and give us your words of wisdom because you're amazing. Oh, anytime it would be my pleasure. And thank you so much. Blessings and gratitude to you all. Thank you for joining us here today in the secret garden. If you would like to do a coaching with Jane, you can find her at janedonovan.com.au or you can find her on any of the podcast platforms, um, the Love Life podcast, and I will put the link below. If you'd like to reach out to me, you can find me at the divine-self.com or come join me on YouTube at the Divine Self. Until next time.